0: I'm Julie Moore, and you're listening to the seventh episode of Beyond Curriculum, a podcast series about something often missing from the homeschool world, the perspectives and values that make it possible to cultivate lifelong learners. We're in season one, which is all about the changes a mom faces when she steps across the line and becomes a homeschooler. We've talked about changes she'll face in herself, her marriage, and with her kids, particularly the changes unique to her sons compared to those with her daughters. If you're joining me for the first time, or if you've missed any of episodes one through six, welcome, I'm so glad you're here. I encourage you to work through the season sequentially. You won't necessarily be lost if you don't, but I am writing each episode from the assumption that you and I have gotten together six times before this, and you've heard parts of my story or thoughts on homeschooling along the way and so I'm not likely to repeat myself on those things today. So for the best listener experience, you might consider working through the episodes in order. In fact, there are enough of them now that you can even binge listen if you enjoy that kind of thing. After all, that's the beauty of media on demand, right? I find myself watching shows and listening to podcasts like I read books, cover to cover, one or two at a time. So go for it. I certainly won't judge. Today's episode will be a little different. Most of the time, I'm sharing my homeschool experience with you in more of a story format. But this time, I'm going to do so in more of a hypothetical approach. That's because this topic is really tricky. Every single homeschool family has to figure out how to relate productively to extended family and friends who are not homeschoolers. I admit my assumption is that non-homeschooling friends and family will be at least somewhat antagonistic to your decision. Admittedly, this isn't always the case. I do know a few homeschoolers who haven't had any issues. But the odds for most of us are that someone at some point will say something that causes us to feel defensive. And if we don't catch it fast enough, we can be well on our way to wrong responses that make mountains out of molehills. Currently, at the time of this recording, in June of 2017, an estimated 3.5 million children in America are homeschooled. That's 1 million more than are in charter schools, and our numbers seem to be trending up and to the right by 3 to 8% every year. But while we're far from hiding in the shadows... Our impressive and growing numbers are still dwarfed by the 50-plus million children who just completed their 2016-2017 school year in public school. Which means most of us will still have the privilege, honor, responsibility, whatever you want to call it, of being the first real-life homeschooler someone has met. And that got me thinking about my daughters and future daughters-in-law should any of them decide to homeschool. What would I tell them to brace for if they had just announced to the family that they had decided to homeschool their kids? Before I knew it, I had written a letter to Jenica, my oldest daughter, as if this hypothetical situation were really unfolding. Why a letter? Because it's a family tradition. Anytime one of us goes on a trip, particularly a trip that is likely to present some adventure as well as some challenges, we all write letters to the traveler. These letters usually include three things, love for the family member, ways we've seen them grow and step up since the last trip they took, and bits of advice we think might be applicable given the challenges they're likely to face. Then, we sneak the letters into various parts of their luggage so they stumble across these notes throughout their trip. It's ironic, the idea of writing these letters actually came from something my mom did periodically when I was in public school. She would write little notes to me on the napkin she packed in my lunchbox. It was like getting a hug from home during the middle of my day. In college, she literally packed a hug in a care package. She traced her hands several times, cut them out and wrote bits of encouragement in the palms of each one, and then glued them together in a circle that was just big enough to wrap all the way around my shoulders. It's still one of my most cherished possessions I have from her today. So when I asked myself what I would say to Jenica, the most natural answer was to sit down and write a letter. And in the words of Peter Falk's character in The Princess Bride, and today I'm going to read it to you. Perhaps it will bring you some help and encouragement too. Dear Jenica, So, you've decided to homeschool your kids. That's great. I know you're filled with all kinds of emotions ranging from excitement to terror congratulations you're completely normal you're going to face a lot of changes in your life and particularly in your relationship as a result of this decision the fact that you're a second generation homeschooling mama doesn't change this you'll have to manage your own relationship separate from mine and your dad's with the rest of your family both in-laws and outlaws as well as your friends who are making different decisions for their families I want you to know this ahead of time so that you aren't surprised when it comes up. So here's the deal. It will be hard. It will be worth it. You can do this and you don't have to do it alone. However, you may be surprised at where your help comes from and who ends up truly being part of your support system. You have a great life. You're surrounded by people who love you and want the best for you and your family. Naturally, They will offer their insights in any number of ways, ranging from suggestions to imperatives. Hopefully more of the former than the latter, but you never know. I hope you'll respond to all of them with patience, kindness, and respect, because you know they're just doing what makes sense to them. There are times that you may lose sight of this and wonder what they really think about you and what you are doing. Here's the truth. Most of the time, they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves and what makes sense to them. And what you have decided to do for your children doesn't make sense to them. We all do this. It's our natural human default setting. What you have to constantly remember is that our society has been conditioned since the industrial revolution to think like employees, to be job minded. So we're sent to school where we are introduced to the system, the way things are done. Talk to any kindergarten teacher and she'll tell you the majority of her job is to take little five-year-old Johnny who is unfamiliar with following the classroom structure and routine and train him to cooperate, to fit into and follow the system so that he's able to learn in a large group of his peers in future grade levels. It's called classroom management. Once little guys are properly oriented, they're expected to promote up through grade school, middle school, and high school. They know they're to get good grades so that they're invited to continue on to a good college, which will lead them to a good internship, which leads to a good job, which leads to a good career, which leads to a good life. If they're lucky, they can have a Monday through Friday 9 to 5 office job that allows them to come home in the evening and on the weekends, watch TV, hang out with family and friends, take a nice vacation every summer, year after year after year. That's how Americans are trained now. That is what is most comfortable and normal and expected for most of us. I'm not saying that's reality for everyone, but it is a huge part of what is meant by the American dream. So your decision to homeschool your children will not make sense to most of your family and friends on two levels. One, you're preventing your children from entering the system. And if they don't go through the system, how will they be able to achieve the American dream? And two, you're supposed to be at that part of the process where you work watch TV, spend time with loved ones, and take a vacation every now and then. Instead, you're choosing to hole up in your home 24/7, never getting a break from parenthood because you're now mixing it with educational responsibilities that you haven't trained for or gone to college to learn like the professionals. And aren't you ready for a break? They love you. They love your children and they're concerned about your decision. So let me do you a favor. I'm going to let you off the hook and tell you this secret. It is not your job to make them understand your perspective or your values that have played an important part in making this decision. It's not your job. There's no magic phrase you can utter that will make them understand. Some of them will come to understand over time as they see the difference in your kids as a result of homeschooling, but others will not ever understand it. They're simply comfortable with the way they are, and change or risk in others makes them uncomfortable. To them, best case scenario is that you're taking on a huge responsibility unnecessarily. You can just leave it to the professionals to educate your kids. But worst case scenario, you're taking a huge risk that is sure to turn out very badly and it doesn't have to be this way. So what do you do? You consciously choose what you share with those around you. I can think back to so many times dad offered this same piece of advice to me. I could have saved myself and others a lot of heartache if I had learned it earlier. He was right. I just couldn't see it. I hope you're a faster learner than I. You have had a great relationship with your friends and family before the decision to homeschool. What has it been built on? What kinds of things do you talk about and do together? Continue building the relationship on those things. For example, Our family loves music. We bond over it. We get together and sing on a regular basis. Acapella, four-part harmony, black notebooks, pitch pipes, the works. We invite each other to our recitals and concerts. We share our musical hopes, dreams, and achievements with one another. If you suddenly fell in love with visual art, would you be hurt or frustrated that the family didn't automatically start rallying around art? Of course not. You might float a couple of art-related conversations out there and just see who else might be interested. You might extend an open invitation to join you at the museum or an art show now and then. But you wouldn't take it personally if there was a very small group of takers, right? Better yet, our family loves music, and you have recently taken up the ukulele. Does that mean that when we sing together now, you expect to always play your ukulele? Or that everyone should learn to play the ukulele? And those who do not, do not really love music? Of course not! You'll continue to relate over music just like you always have. Sometimes you'll contribute to the discussion with a fun or interesting ukulele tale or joke, but it won't be all ukulele all the time. You won't be judging other family members because they don't feel inspired to take up the ukulele themselves. And if you're having trouble getting a particular passage under your fingers, it won't be offensive to you if one family member says, I play flute, I don't know the first thing about ukulele. And another says, well, I don't play ukulele, but I play violin, and the way we tackle that kind of thing on violin is such and such. I'm encouraging you to handle your decision to homeschool the same way. Sure, homeschooling is a much bigger decision than playing the ukulele, but Everyone has the right to decide the educational approach they believe will be best for their family. Too many times, we jump on the defensive and end up creating division and hard feelings where they didn't need to be. So continue relating to the family as you always have. Feel free to share fun anecdotes or encouraging achievements here and there. Be willing to laugh at yourself. And try not to commit everyone to being your own personal support system for this adventure. The opposite is also true. They are not your new school board with the power to make you comply to their academic standards. Knowing where the boundaries are on your role and someone else's role makes it possible for you to keep a firm grip on your responsibilities without feeling like you have to aggressively defend your territory, which in turn allows you to respond with grace and kindness like this. Thank you for your input. That gives me another idea to consider. Or, hmm, that's a different way to look at it. Help me understand what you're seeing there. Most of the time, people just want to know they've been heard or that the problem they think they're seeing is on your radar and you're willing to face it, to do something about it. Maybe not the exact solution they offer, but something. As for you and the support you believe is necessary for your homeschooling success, look for that in the homeschooling community. Connect with other homeschoolers who are ahead of you and who are behind you. Always have someone you are chasing and someone who is chasing you. Use social media to your advantage. Joining groups that are built around homeschooling allows you to meet like-minded individuals who are trying to achieve similar goals and understand what you're going through. This is where you will receive the positive support and encouragement you desire. Listen to podcasts. Join a local homeschool group. Go to live events, workshops, and conferences. Maybe even consider hiring a homeschool mentor or coach. Serious businessmen and women do that all the time. If you're serious about doing well in your role, this is a wise step to consider. Look for someone who has achieved some measure of success and who has faced similar obstacles you're facing and who is not afraid to shoot straight with you. Iron sharpens iron, so choose some sharp people to surround you. I'm so proud of you. This is a hard but good choice you're making and I can't wait to see the fruit it will produce. Keep loving your friends and family like you always have. Get the encouragement and support you desire from your new community of homeschoolers. And know this, nobody totally gets you, nobody totally gets me either. They don't totally understand us and that's okay. Let them off the hook. Of course, there will always be circumstances that are outside the typical family dynamics. I've heard of seriously meddling family members who cross significant stewardship boundaries and make a legal mess out of another family member's right to homeschool. I've also heard of seriously abusive and neglectful families hiding under the guise of homeschooling. Extremes are always out there, and thankfully they don't constitute the majority. I'm not attempting to address those extremes. Just those looks, those questions, those confrontations so many of us face and don't always know how to diffuse. I really do hope this is a help to you. I hope the whole season has been a help to you. We have one more episode coming up where we'll hear from other moms who had to figure out the difference between helping their struggling learner and facing the reality that something out of the ordinary is going on and it's time to get some additional help. Editing help for this episode was provided by Brian and Laura Hobbs and Lydia Wong. Jeff Moore provided original music, and you even heard the Moore family Christmas caroling and Jenica on the ukulele. I told you we were a musical family. That's all for today. I'm your host, Julie Moore. Thanks so much for listening.